coming to you live from the Business Radio X studio. It's Franchise Marketing Radio, brought to you by IDS, an award-winning digital marketing agency that delivers integrated marketing solutions for franchisers, franchisees, and franchise development teams. Learn why over 75 brands depend on IDS's team of dedicated marketers and client service professionals to deliver a strong ROI on their marketing investment. Go to IDSFranchiseMarketing.com for a complimentary digital audit and consultation. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Franchise Marketing Radio, and this is going to be a good one. Today on the show, we have Paul Cam with Pet Wants. Welcome, Paul. Thanks, Lee. Glad to be here. I'm excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us a little bit about Pet Wants. How are you serving folks? Well, Pet Wants, we're a dog and cat nutrition and wellness company. Basically servicing, we sell uh, dog and cat food, treats, chews, supplements to kind of take care of all the nutritional needs of anybody's pet. Well, can you share a little bit about the backstory? How did this uh, come about? Yeah, it's actually very interesting. Our founder back in 2010, I believe it was, could be wrong on the year, she had a couple pets, a couple dogs that had some skin problems and she wasn't happy with, you know, wanting to put them on medication. The vet wasn't really helpful. And she kind of realized looking at diet that that was going to make a difference. So she did a ton of research, spent uh, months, probably a couple years, looking into pet nutrition and did a deep dive and actually came up with some formulations for food. She found a small manufacturer in northern Ohio that was willing to make like a 400-pound test batch. They make the food. She comes back. She's feeding it to her dog. She's noticing a difference in her dog's skin, their coat, the behavior. The dog just totally changes, kind of becomes the dog she wanted, not the dog she had. Um, so she had to make a little more food. Some of her friends noticed the changes in her dogs. Hey, can we try some of that food? So then she gets a thousand pounds made. Then she's getting a couple thousand pounds made. Uh, and the manufacturer kind of said to her, you know, what's going on here? You got something, something happening. Um, so she opened a store in the Finley Market down in Cincinnati. Uh, Finley Market uh, at the time uh, is, I should say, the, one of the oldest farmers markets in, in America. And at the time, it was a, a, a smaller, it's kind of a tourist destination now, but it was a smaller little market. And she opened a store uh, to start kind of su- supplying the food to other pet owners and kind of built from there. I mean, it really is that grassroots beginning story that you think about a, a business starting from scratch. She started it from from totally from scratch, from the first piece of dog food up. So then what was the thinking to franchise? How did that come about? Her commitment to nutrition and education and trying to help more pets across the, the country. She's the sole operator. Um, she's an incredibly uh, intelligent uh, woman and business person, but franchising and going national um, was not her forte. So she partnered with our parent company called Strategic Franchising, uh, also based here in Ohio, so that then they could take the model and franchise it out. Um, she's smart enough to understand uh, that was not her expertise. Her expertise was the nutrition, the formulation, and kind of the educational piece. So we've built off of that uh, and moved forward to take it franchised around the country. So when a, when a company uh, chooses that route, um, what does that look like? How kind of... What what state of the business do they have to be in where a firm 
like yours that says, you know what, uh, they have the good bones here and we'll be able to really do what we do and get this out in front of lots more people than they could have individually. Well, I think that comes down to an individual, uh, every every company that's going to franchise or a franchisor, I should say, probably evaluates the potential differently. Um, we saw, uh, and again, being, you know, those of us in the business here are pet people as well. So we understood the power of what she was doing, the coming at the issue with, with dog and cat skin coat behavior issues from a nutritional standpoint. Uh, we saw the power in that. And her whole focus on education, nutrition, getting the pet owner to understand uh, what was really needed for their pet, uh, that was real powerful to us. We, we kind of bought into that early and saw that this had a lot of potential. That and the fact, if you look at the pet industry itself, um, it's kind of a recession-proof industry. Uh, it's growing. It's very strong. Um, it just the, the everything came together and said this makes sense to take this the next step. Now, is the kind of pet as family member is that uh, unique for America or is that happening around the world? It's interesting. I think it's more um, more an American thing where we humanize the pet, but I don't want to take away anything around the world. I mean, I, I understand like down in Brazil, a, a, a friend of mine runs a different franchise company and uh, down in Brazil, um, they groom their dogs every two weeks. I mean, it's just, there's such a, there's such a focus on the dog has to look good. It's kind of a status symbol. So depending on the industry, depending on the country, I should say, the, 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 uh, social norms are a little different. Um, we're, we're kind of a pets are people, um, in Brazil, it's kind of pets are a status symbol. Uh, other countries are going to be a little different, but we're a little unique that we treat them really like children. There are fur babies. Now, did uh, the pandemic just accelerate this trend? Um, I think so a bit. What really happened during the pandemic was, you know, people obviously being uh, indoors and not socializing as much, uh, the desire to have pets to add, you know, some more love and fun companionship into the house kind of exploded. And really what what was noticed in industry, especially like uh, millennials, um, primarily, but also baby boomers and seniors, a lot of pet adoption. Uh, where a lot of shelters had in the past a lot of animals trying to find that really had to work hard to find homes. Um, all of a sudden, the demand was there and people were adopting animals and really adding, you know, population into their homes. Now, uh, as the p- pandemic wanes and the reality of, oh, I also travel and I have a life um, comes into play, how did that impact pet ownership? I don't think the people who did a lot of traveling um, were necessarily the ones that jumped out and got the animals knowing that it was going to end eventually. Uh, you know, my, my, uh, my daughter is an example. You know, she, she ended up stepping up to, to get a pet um, for the exact same reason. You know, I want some, some, some other uh, love in the house. And she doesn't travel, you know, for work. She's back at work, but not traveling. So um, I, I don't think there was a big impact in that regard to people who are traveling. I think a lot of responsible uh, pet owners, again, these are their fur babies. Um, they wanted to uh, bring animals into the house because they were in the house and would be home, not traveling. Now, when you were uh, kind of building out the plan to franchise, what was kind of that avatar of that ideal uh, franchisee? 
Uh, ideal franchisee for us really is, you know, kind of a couple things. One, um, yeah, and the obvious one is obviously the pet lover, but that that's that's more of the minor part. Uh, our business is really built around um, community-based marketing, going out to farmers markets and events and educating people and making contact. So we were looking for people that had kind of a spirit to serve uh, what we call values, you know, they value relational uh, marketing or relationships. They want to connect with people, educate people and help them provide the best, you know, nutrition and care for their pets. So it really is a people person um, is really the primary person we're looking for. And somebody who's got a lot of drive, um, you know, um, you can't open a business and people aren't going to just come to your door. You have got to go find the business. So we're looking for people that are uh, outgoing as well. Now is the plan uh, kind of the world is your oyster at this point. You're like just trying to get as many in America as you possibly can. Like where are you at on the growth curve? Um, we feel we're, we're not, if you're, if we're not crawling, we're walking, we're not running yet. Um, you know, we have about 150 territories now. We added 47 territories last year. Um, we've signed about 15 year to date, got about 20 more to go. Um, we really looked at the, at the, at the marketplace saying there could be 400 plus by 2028. So we're, you know, we're still in the, in the first third of what we really feel we can do. And then you're going the, like the whole country is kind of where you're going or you're targeting certain regions? Uh, we are going, yeah, coast to coast. Um, absolutely. So what do you need more of? How can we help you? Um, <laughs> you know, we're, we're, we're looking for, um, you know, good quality uh, people who are, you know, really want to dedicate uh, to helping pets, you know, get, get better, helping pet parents, so to speak. Um, you know, it's a fun industry. I call it the love business. Um, in all honesty, people don't have to have pets. They want to have pets, um, add that companionship, add security, whatever to their house. So, um, somebody who that resonates with, um, that they understand that, that, uh, you know, pets are not a have to, it's a want to and relate to that. Um, typically a pet owner, um, our, our best franchisees really come out of our customer base because they've tried our foods. It's all private label foods. We only make our own. And um, they see that result with their dog and become kind of a uh, kind of preached, preached to the rest of the people how good the food is. So what's a day in the life look like for a franchisee? Are they spending their time in a store? Are they networking with veterinarians? Like what is the, what does their day look like? Um, the typical days, a, a little of both. I mean, you know, we are event-based marketing besides having a, a, a small retail footprint. Um, we really go out into the marketplace versus expecting them to come to us. So a typical day would, could be, you know, prepping for a market and doing a market or community networking, certainly going out to meet veterinarians and educating about our food and what makes our food different. Uh, other businesses in the area, um, um, you know, dog, walkers, um, you know, any kind of business that does things with pets and other businesses that are pet friendly. Um, you know, a lot of businesses let people bring in their pets. A lot of our owners do cross promotions um, with businesses like that. So it is really spending majority of the time in the community trying to build relationships up with people um, about our business and about about their pets. So do they need a storefront like mandatory or is it something they can ease into a storefront? Um, 
I'm going to say they ease into it's mandatory, but the way our agreement works is they come on board, they're immediately going to launch after training. We have a whole onboarding and a whole training process that they go through, you know, to be ready to launch the business. We're going to train people about pet nutrition. We're going to train people about running a business. We're going to train people about marketing. You know, we have all these programs and processes in place. So it's kind of a cookie cutter, uh, helping them to understand how to run the business. Um, but they start uh, immediately is is event-based um, marketing. Uh, we call it mobile. Um, they have an e-commerce platform, so they have their own website, so they can do business on the e-commerce platform for home delivery. They start the, lo- the launch, the mobile, immediately. And within a year, um, we expect them to open up a what we call a pet want store. Our stores are slightly different than most people would think of a retail store as. Uh, our stores really are about 1,000 to 1,200 square feet, 350 square foot of retail space on front, and the back side is kind of a services area for like grooming, dog washing, that kind of thing. Um, so we offer a service out of the out of the retail location as well. The front being small again, we're nutrition, supplements, chews, and treats. That's all we carry in store. Online we sell other items, but in store, it's really those items that turn the most, create the uh, you know the highest demand items, the, the items that turn the most for our owners, so our owners can keep the inventory and the cash flowing rapidly instead of putting their money into inventory that sits. So if somebody wants to learn more, have a more substantive conversation with you or somebody on the team, what's the website? What's the best way to get a hold of you guys? Uh, Petwants.com is is really the easiest way to go to. Well, congratulations on all the success. You're doing important work and we appreciate you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that as well. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We will see you all next time on Franchise Marketing Radio.